Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Peepee, what a banger of a song. To start out this banger of a spaces. First off, seeing all these heads in here, like I am so ecstatic. I can't wait to do this right now. Um, welcome to our very first community-led spaces, chilling with the penguins. We have some awesome people here on stage, and I already have an amazing feeling that this is going to be the best vibes in here. So thank you very much for joining. We have some beautiful people on stage. I'm just going to say, PP, what's up? Luca, what's up? Actually, Agents, what's up? The Child, Wilson, Chuck. We have them all. What's going on, everybody? Let's all talk. Moose, what's up, man? Dude, how was your weekend, PP? Let's get through it. Moose, my weekend was great, except for the sinus infection. I feel like crap because, like, I've been looking for this podcast, like, forever. But I got a stuffy nose, but I'm dealing with it. Got a new mic. Hope it sounds good. We got Luca on stage. We got agents on stage. We got the child. We got our guys from Mint Media. I see Alex in the audience. I'm bringing him up. Really happy for Alex to be joining us. What's up, agents? What's up, everybody? Very happy to be here at the inaugural episode of Chilling with Pudgy Penguins. Uh, we've been planning this for a little while. I know Moose is excited, although it's hard to find what Moose isn't excited about. Such a good energy. Um, we got a we got a good hour planned for you guys, so we're just gonna sit here, shoot the shoot the shop a little bit. And uh, then we got some alpha getting dropped by the Mint Media guys. And then we're going into our special guest, Alex Fenedit of Nansen. Hope I didn't butcher that, Alex. I always just call you Alex. Uh, and you can feel free to shine, chime in whenever, man, even before uh, your segment starts. But here's what I need from the people in the audience before uh, we get into the child's weekend. Uh, bottom right hand of your screen, there's a little chat bubble. All right. I want you to hit that. I need you to like. I need you to retweet. And I need you to make a comment because somebody who does all three of those is going to be walking out of this space one little pudgy richer. All right. No way. Are, are we excluded from this? We are excluded, uh, but dude, I'm that's... still going to like retweet and comment anyway. My weekend, for those who are wondering, was fantastic, filled with anticipation for this. Child, how about you? Same. I, I was just sitting on the edge of my seat, ready ready for Monday night. But it was good. Went and did some some Halloween haunted houses and all that fun stuff, and hung out with some family. So it was it was pretty great. Moose, how was your weekend? I had an amazing weekend actually. Uh, I just got this new iPhone, iPhone fourteen. It is so quick, and the screen is so like bright and like it's dangerous. It's dangerous because I already see my screen times up. 40%. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm in for a treat. <laughs> I can't wait to do this space, though. Hey, before we get started, Moose, let's give everyone some words of encouragement. <clears throat> are we doing this now? I wasn't even prepared Dude, for this. Dude, you, uh... you are ready always for this, brother. Cap, major cap. <laughs> you know what? I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to host. I'm happy to just have, you know, the people that I, I first surrounded myself with in this space. It's so funny reflecting and seeing that, like, this space is like one of my first spaces in such a long time. And like, I feel like I'm back in it. And to see that, like the first time I was ever in a space is the first time I was ever heard. I was surrounded by the same exact people. So I couldn't be happier doing this right now. I want to thank you all for just, you know, lifting me up and just helping me be here. And, you know, I, I love every single one of you and, um, you know, let's just do this. Let's get down to it. Thank you all very much. Uh, yeah. So before Most we get to the, 
Oh, I'm sorry, PP. Oh, Lucy, you're good. You think it's this whole Reddit NFT narrative that's invigorating this this sense of we're back, baby? Because you know, not to be that guy, but I called it a month ago, and y'all are just catching on to this Reddit thing, and I'm not upset about it. I'm very happy to see. It feels like the energy is back in the room. Yeah, just seeing everybody all soaked and happy and just, you know, getting involved in something totally new. Like, you know, it's so cool. And like to onboard more people into the space. I just read a statistic that there's more wallets that were registered on Red on Reddit uh marketplace or, or whatever it is to, to open season. Like it's just so insane. Um, you know, the fact that just more people are getting involved, it's just yeah, I, I, how can I not be bullish, you know? Um it's it's a really beautiful time. And, and, you know, Luca's on the stage here. Luca, I don't know if you wanted to speak. We had to bring you up because, you know, someone put a gun to my head. But uh, what what do you think about this Reddit NFT, Luca? You know, you talk a lot in the spaces and the inner igloos about Trojan Horse Web 3 into the Web 2 world. And it seems like, you know, Reddit really Trojan Horse a whole bunch of people. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I'm just super stoked to be on the space and super happy to empower you guys to like, you know, take initiative and, you know, do this weekly space. So thank you guys for, you know, wanting to do this. I think it's an awesome, uh, an awesome thing that you guys are doing. I think on the Reddit NFT side, it's beautiful. Uh, I was talking to Lorenzo and it seems like every day that goes by something that I have in the pipeline, like somebody goes and does it. Not, not to say that, you know, NFT. You know, Reddit has done their NFT stuff uh, for a while now, uh, but it's obviously just coming to kind of fruition into like everyone's acknowledgement as of recently. I think it's I think it's beautiful, dude. I think, you know, their ethos on how they're approaching NFTs, I think, is a lot different. I think it comes back to the core of what NFTs or at least PFP NFTs always were, which is like digital identity. And then obviously Yuga Labs crushed it. That narrative changed to, you know, PFP NFTs are brands and their companies. And then like this Reddit NFT stuff, I think is a little bit refreshing because it kind of brings us back to like where we were 15, 16 months ago, where it's like, okay, no utility, just rarity, just identity. Like, do you resonate with this? Is this something you can identify with? And like customization, I think, I think it's just beautiful, dude. Like this is we're going to see such an influx and change. And, and I don't know if you guys saw too, uh, and I, I didn't look into this, but Instagram now, I signed into a new Instagram account earlier today, just like kind of consolidating some of my accounts. And it asked me to make an NFT, it asked me to make an avatar. I didn't know if it was an NFT or not, but like full customization, full type of, you know, same type of layout as Reddit. So I think we're, we're, we're at the beginning of something really awesome and, I think this is amazing for the space and you can just kind of see some of the Reddit threads going right now. Just so many people talking about it. So many people that are excited and I think this is just beautiful. So I'm stoked. I love it. I, I always thought this was the future. Uh, again, we've been working on something relatively along the lines of this. You know, some of you may or may not know, um, but I think it's beautiful. So I love it. And now, to the one and only, the man who needs no introduction, but I'm still going to introduce him up anyway. Alex, the CEO of Nansen, one of the premier NFT analytical analytic tools in the space, and a man, I might say, has wonderful, impeccable taste in pudgy penguin face traits. And that's not me pumping my own bags. I really like this face trait. What's up, Alex? Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me.
I love that disclaimer, by the way. Very good. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I, I wrote that last night. <laughs> now, Alex, I've seen you in and out, ton of different spaces, ton of different uh, places online. But for those of you who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about your journey in crypto and what led you into founding Nansen? Like, how did it yes, all come about, man? Yeah. So first time I uh, heard about crypto was probably 2013 uh, when I decided that Bitcoin was only ever going to be used by money launderers and criminals like uh, your average boomer. So I ignored it for many years. And in uh, 2017, I discovered Ethereum. Uh, there were some engineers at the company where I was working who were very passionate about it. So I uh, kind of picked their brain during lunch one day and I was relatively quickly red-pilled on Ethereum. And I liked the idea of how Ethereum was more of a platform bet. I always felt that Bitcoin, maybe this thing, the blockchain thing will take off, but I'm not sure Bitcoin is the right coin. Like the first, it's the first coin, fair enough, uh, that, that has... Um, a relatively high degree of ad adoption, but I wasn't sure if I was betting on the right horse. But with Ethereum, I felt like you're betting on the infrastructure layer. So if someone's going to make another coin that's going to take off, it makes sense that it might happen on Ethereum. So from an investment perspective, I figure that Ethereum might be a better investment. And also I like the concept of how you could permissionlessly create applications uh, as well as like later on, I think I appreciate also that you could um, uh, that you could get this kind of composability aspect where you can build on top of other people's uh, protocols and, and projects. So anyway, I, to make a long story short, I fell down the rabbit hole. Uh, I left my job a couple of months later to move to, from Barcelona to Hong Kong, where I joined a project that uh, was financed uh, through an ICO. This was literally at the peak of the ICO boom and subsequent bust. About 10 months later, uh, I was laid off because, along with everyone else in the, in the team, because somehow $15 million <laughs> had, had disappeared, or at least uh, they couldn't pay our salaries anymore. Uh, and so I was, I basically, you could think of this as joining the ICO when ETH was like $1,400, and then getting laid off when it was at $80, uh, less than a year later. So I had to figure out what to do next. And one of the, the guys I had hired for my team at that company was Yevgeny, who is now one of my co-founders at Nonsense. So we spent nine months uh, working on different things. He worked a lot with Google, helping them with uh, publishing um, Ethereum data sets in BigQuery. Uh, that's one thing he was working on. I was working on, I um, actually worked with ZeroX, the decentralized exchange protocol for almost half a year. Uh, helping them get more analytics on slippage and things like that. Uh, and worked a bit with a really exciting Vietnamese um, mobile gaming company. Uh, and then we ended up co-founding Nansen in 2019, uh, late 2019. And we launched the product uh, around April 2020, one month after COVID was declared a global pandemic. And then we hit the ground running with DeFi summer a few months later when we grew a lot. And then the year after we launched NFT features, which made us grow even more. Uh, and now we've grown the team to about 150 people since then. 
so it's been uh, it's been a fun journey. But basically, what we do with Nonsen, for those uh, who don't know, is we probably have the best overview of what actually happens on the blockchain. And in this in this world, this multi-chain world, is actually on blockchains in plural. We have more than I think we have eleven blockchains that we support with Nonsen Pro. We support I think almost forty-five blockchains with Nonsen Portfolio. If you're tracking, you know how your assets are performing in one place, you can do that with portfolio.nonsen.ai. Um, and so I think we have the best overview of what happens on the blockchain in real time. And the unique insight I think we had when we started the company was it's not enough to only have blockchain data. You need to enrich that blockchain data with labels and entity data and so on. So it's not enough to just know that address ABC sends $1 million to address 123. You want to know that this is like Alameda sending $1 million into their uh, Binance account, which is the kind of granularity you get with, with Nonsen. So that's that's quickly about me and about Nonsen. So you guys are, you have set the bar when it comes to like tracking data and analytics on NFTs. Uh, what's been one of your biggest challenges innovating in a space that's constantly changing? I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good one. Right? I think the there's always a kind of two opposing forces where you want to think long term and you want to build an organization that is resilient and that can adapt. But at the same time, you want to stay very close to uh, what's happening at the frontier of crypto. And so this is, I think, going to be a constant struggle for us, but also other crypto companies that you don't want to grow so big and slow that you lose touch with what's happening at the frontier. But at the same time, you do need to have scale in order to do certain things. Like if you want to support, like I was saying, you know, 40 plus blockchains, you do, you do need to have a certain amount of scale on the engineering side and so on. So the tension between those two things uh, is, is kind of a constant one. I think for a while, we while we were scaling up the team, like we went from, you know, let's say 25 people to 150 in like one year. Uh, there's, of course some investment that you have to make in onboarding people and, and so on. I felt that we maybe slowed down a little bit uh, during that time. But in the last few months, I feel like we're starting to ship more frequently. Um, so I, I'd say that's maybe the, the general challenge that we have. Yeah. What was um, the NFT that Red Pilled you? Was it Penguins? Because I know you're passionate about your Penguin. You wear it on stage. You do everything with it. I think it was actually Axie Infinity that uh, repelled me. Gotcha. So, yeah, so that was, um, uh, funnily enough, it was back in 2019 when I was working for this Vietnamese mobile gaming company called Aminotes, which no, no one has heard of, but they're like a top 20 publisher in the Google Play Store across all their apps, which is incredible. Just two Vietnamese guys who co-founded this company, took no venture funding, just bootstrapped this incredible company to, I think they have 2 billion app downloads across two, uh, across all of their apps. But they didn't do Flappy Bird, City, did they? I know that was a Vietnamese they, they, company. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, they, that wasn't them, but that was also a guy in Ho Chi Minh City, I think, or at least in Vietnam. So there's a huge, and there's a thriving gaming scene in Vietnam, which is really exciting. And while I was in uh, Ho Chi Minh City, that's when I, when I met up with the, the Axie uh, team, and I visited their then small, kind of scrappy office in Ho Chi Minh City right next to Bui Vien, one of the big like party streets in Hanoi Chi Minh City. And um, 
I ended up uh, seed investing uh, in Axie, which was uh, a good decision in hindsight. I think we were only like three individual angels. And then, of course, some, some VCs as well that invested in that round. Um, but yeah, so, so I think Alex, uh, the COO of Axie, sent me some Axie NFTs. And that's probably when I started uh, exploring NFTs. And, uh, and I think maybe they also set the stage for me engaging with, with Pudgy Penguins because one of my uh, key investment theses in investing in NFTs is that you should invest in cute NFTs. So I think it uh, primed me for investing in Pudgy Penguins. This guy didn't get red-pilled. He, got, he invested in Morpheus. He like owned a piece <laughs> of Morpheus and Morpheus turned around and said, hey, here's this pill. You own a part of it. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Moose, you got your hand up, bro. Hey, Alex. <laughs> Alex, I love you. And let me ask you a quick question. How do you feel looking at your penguin every single morning, every single time you tweet? How do you feel? Oh, man, I feel good. That's what penguins do to you. They just feel make you feel wholesome. You scroll past the penguin in your Twitter feed. You smile. You know, that's all you need. Fundamentals. Yeah. I that's all good. you need. I feel like looking in the, in the mirror, and the mirror just has this uh, beautify filter, and it m turns me into a blushing penguin with a blue kimono and a Viking helmet. That's how I feel. Oh, my God. I know exactly how you feel. It is a good feeling. Wait, Alex, you're Scandinavian, though, right? Yes, I am. Hence the Viking helmet. Is that presumptuous of me? No, you can probably tell from my somewhat, uh, somewhat uh, generic European accent that at least I'm not from North America. From, yeah, all right, yeah, that was out of pocket. I'm sorry. <laughs> one thing I love about Nansen, <laughs> one thing I love about Nansen is you guys are kind of building your own penguin army over there. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. It's almost like you show off your penguin. I know it's not like forced and you're not like shilling it on your employees, but it's almost like I don't know many Nansen employees that don't have a penguin or a lil. Yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure how it happened. I think um, a few people, probably for the same reason that most people buy Pudgy Penguins, they kind of, they, they like the vibe, they look good, they like the community, uh, they end up buying it. And of course, as you're exposed to people you follow on Twitter, so you're probably going to follow some of the people you work with, you get somewhat influenced by, by them having Pudgy Penguins. So um, there was a bit of a wave. I think it's interesting. It was like right before, um, you know, this kind of revival of the Pudgy Penguins price a few months ago when everything else was kind of going to, going to shit and then Pudgy Penguins started pumping. Um, so... Yeah, I, I don't think there's any particular... We don't have like a Pudgy Penguins, uh, you know, inside circle at Nonsen. And we don't really talk that much about penguins. But for some reason, um, I guess people who look at on-chain data, they, they see something and they ape in. You know, what, what can I say? I love it. I love it. So, Alex, like, you know, I think we talked a little bit about marketplace aggregators like Blur mm. and, you know... Nansen is really like a data aggregator. So I'm curious about like where you see Nansen's role, like fitting in with companies like Blur. And what do you think about Blur? Like, what do you think about kind of the trend of market aggregators, you know, Genie, Jim, et cetera? It's really interesting, right? Um, 
I was thinking, I guess you can first think about them from the context of just marketplaces. And if we start with OpenSea, which I uh, consider to be one of the products in the Web3 space that have the, the, the deepest moat, um, there was kind of an attempt to overtake OpenSea with LooksRare, which was effectively, let's do the same thing as OpenSea, but then issue a token and make the community own open source, et cetera. And I think many of us assume that that would, there's a really high chance it's going to flip OpenSea because it's kind of like the same product. Um, the team, uh, the LooksRare team is shipping super fast and they're giving out incentives in the form of tokens. But what at least I learned from that is that OpenSea's moat is much deeper than I first thought. And that makes it, uh, it, it like LooksRare didn't succeed, at least not yet, at overtaking OpenSea, even with this approach of incentivizing kind of a vampire, vampire attack. Uh, but then later on, you had Gem come along, and we saw that Gem actually started growing really fast, no token incentives, just genuine product market fit. And so I had, I had used to think uh, of OpenSea as kind of an eBay of NFTs, and if you have all the inventory, then you're king in marketplaces, right? If you, as a consumer or buyer, um, you would basically go to the place that has the most inventory. If you're, if you're looking at the penguin floor, you want to make sure you have the full inventory available to buy. It's not very interesting if you only have like 10 or 20% of all the inventory listed. And I think that was the thing that made OpenSea have this deep moat that it just had the most inventory. But with Gen, they are aggregating all the inventory. And this, this is where the analogy with eBay breaks down because there is no way to aggregate eBay's inventory for a, a third-party platform, at least no, no easy way. But since marketplaces are programmatic, you can, you can basically index it uh, and you can route um, trades down to OpenSea's own um, smart contract. And so Gem, I think, was the first product that really started chipping away at that note. And of course, as we all know, OpenSea ended up acquiring Gem, I think, very wisely. Uh, and also, it was an incredible kind of exit for the Gem founders who had been building this for, frankly, not that long. Um, and so I think, you know, aggregators, it makes perfect sense that they are growing very fast. I have to admit, I haven't looked that closely at Blur yet. I, I know a lot of people in our team has been looking at it more closely. I haven't had the chance to to play around with it so much yet. Um, and so go, going back to your question on kind of analytics or data aggregators and marketplaces, I think, you know, these two categories will probably converge for at least for a while. Um, the rationale being that, you know, Marketplace aggregators probably want to add more analytics so that they can make their um, users kind of have everything in one place. At the same time, I do think there's also an argument to be made for analytics providers also adding trading functionality into our uh, interfaces. And, and to be clear, that's not something Nansen is focused on right now. Uh, I think it's something that we might do in the future, but we are 100% focused on the information play. Like we only want to make sure that we are the best in the market at giving people analytics and insights and things that they can actually use to be better at investing and trading. So we're 100% focused on the information play. As soon as you start 
dabbling with transactions, there's a lot of new kind of attack vectors that show up when it comes to security. Uh, and there are lots of you know, additional challenges you have to take on. So we're not focused on that today. I think in the future we might be, but I would probably rather work with the NFT um, marketplace aggregators and make sure that, you know, that there are ways that if you're trading on, whether it's Blur or even Magic Eden, OpenSea, Gem, and so on, there are ways that you can use Nelson in context with using these other marketplace aggregators. Um, the one other maybe uh, sort of parallel you could, you could look at is um, just general crypto trading. And you can sort of break down the top websites in crypto into two categories. One category is exchanges like Coinbase, Binance, and so on. The other category is information providers like CoinMarketCap. And if you literally just Google crypto, um, you will find kind of like interleaved, you know, one exchange, one information provider, one exchange, one information provider. And I think, you know, it makes sense that you have both of those two categories and that they, you know, the information providers focus on information, the exchanges slash marketplaces focus on trading and investing. Um, and I think it is kind of hard to cross over and do both things really well. Uh, one thing is just a resource and kind of product focus perspective. But the other one is that if you're an exchange or a marketplace, it's not that easy to be considered neutral, right? And you could argue, like, why, why isn't Binance, like, the main analytics source or information source for crypto trading? Why isn't Coinbase the biggest one? Because they're obviously massive companies. But I think one key reason is that people just wouldn't trust it as neutral when it comes to looking at all of the exchanges. And we know from the acquisition of CoinMarketCap that many people were hesitant in you know, using CoinMarketCap. Of course, they're still the biggest uh, ranking website, but many it opened up the door for many people to switch to CoinGecko, which was perceived as more neutral. So I think you know, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out with NFTs, whether people will have similar feelings that hey, maybe the analytics you're seeing on a marketplace, you know, isn't going, going to be 100% neutral because they're, of course, incentivized that you trade on their marketplace. Whereas the information providers like Nelson, like we can be 100% neutral and we just focus on getting our users the best information possible. So those are, those are some thoughts, but it's, it's obviously a big topic. Yeah, I love it. Thanks for going in depth. It's super interesting to hear your perspective and I think analytic objectivity is something that's severely lacking in this space. Mm -hmm. So it's super good to hear that y'all are, are trying to spearhead that. Yeah. And, and just expanding on this a little bit, Alex. So like you guys at Nansen, you're focused way more on the data it's blockchain. It's hard coded. And, you know, a business like an NFT project is more focused on, uh, I don't know, the general market sentiment and stuff. I guess the point I'm trying to connect to here is like this Reddit narrative thing mm. that's popping off. Which I'm heard, sure you've heard about. You know, now the thing, it's it's out with NFTs and in with digital collectibles. Mm -hmm. I mean, do, does this kind of, uh, you know, how we're, how we're reaching out to people outside of crypto, does it factor into Nansen's everyday business? Or are you guys more focused on the people who are already here and participating in the space? That's a great question. In the short term, I think Nansen has the strongest pro product market fit with 
what we consider crypto natives. So people who are already really plugged into crypto. Uh, and that's, I think, the, the user segment that we can serve the best. Uh, and there are some advantages to being really focused on crypto natives. Um, the first one is that we don't have to spend a lot of time like explaining relatively you know, simple things to our users because we just assume that people know what an NFT is. Uh, we know they know what uh, DeFi is and so on. Uh, the other thing is that we don't kind of end up oversimplifying or kind of dumbing down our product too much. Of course, we always want to make it easier to use. But if we, you know, have meetings, let's say we would have product meetings with banks or, you know, TradFi players who don't know anything about crypto. And then we went out and took their feedback to change our user interface. That would probably come at the expense of the crypto natives who, frankly, have much more, a much more sophisticated you know, when it comes to crypto and NFTs. Um, so, so our focus is, has been and, and in the foreseeable future will be on crypto natives. We feel like that's where we can really become dominant as, a, as an analytics uh, product. If we think a bit more longer term, it makes sense for us to expand beyond crypto natives. And I think it's good for the whole space if we can serve uh, people who are coming in and just learned about NFTs uh, or digital collectibles, digital assets last week. Um, but we, I think of this as kind of a, again, like another analogy here to me is, is Tesla. So Tesla built the Roadster and from the outside, it kind of looked like, well, they're building a product for, for the, the rich enthusiasts, right? But it was always part of a plan to um, do bigger things in that and to reach out to a larger um, customer base. But it makes sense for them to focus on Roadster first because they're, they're able to develop a lot of useful technology in building the Roadster. They're able to fund their uh, factory expansions they're able to get the brand out there to kind of get a strong core community of happy customers. And then they can build the Model S, the Model 3, uh, and so on later on. I think of Nonsen as a bit similar. And probably Nonsen today is at the roadster stage. <clears throat> Whereas, you know, in a few years, I think we will have the, uh, maybe less than a few years, we will have the equivalent of like the Model S and eventually the Model 3 which means that more people can engage with our product. But it's really important to think about this sequentially. And so the, the core focus for us right now is to, to look at um, the crypto natives. I think that's still a really big segment and really interesting to, to pursue. And then once those pioneers succeed uh, and they become winners, you know, they will bring in more people uh, and they will recommend Nonsen to people who are coming in because that's their kind of information product of choice. So that, that's how I think about it from a go-to-market perspective. What are your thoughts on projects having their own marketplace? I know Pudgy, we just came out with our own, you know, a couple months back. Um, I think the whole general idea with that is it's a general place that you can send new people who are interested in your project to, and they're not getting scammed. You know, mm. we even have flag. We even have flags up on the marketplace uh, if the object is flagged on OpenSea. I, I saw an argument last week with a bunch of people just arguing that you know projects like what's the point? Like why don't you just send people to OpenSea? Mm. But I really think it's a valuable tool uh, to send people to that particular site if they're a newcomer and not just think you know let's take care of the people who are already here. 
Um, what are your thoughts on marketplaces that we can just send new people who want a NFT that don't know where to buy it, like a real one? I actually hadn't thought about it from that perspective, but I do think it makes sense. It's a more uh, permissioned or more controlled user experience where you can um, basically be sure that there are no scams being listed. So I, I like it. Um, I like that perspective. I haven't looked that much at the data on adoption, liquidity, volume, uh, inventory in terms of listings. Um, but anecdotally, I do think that people still tend to go to uh, Gem or OpenSea because that's kind of what they're used to. And there is a risk that you would sort of uh, fragment the liquidity if you have all these different marketplaces. But I do, I do like the... I think it's always about positioning, right? And different marketplaces can have different strategies. So if the strategy of a kind of uh, primary marketplace, if you can call it that, for Pudgy Penguins or other NFT collections, if the strategy of those is to be kind of the first place you go and make that a really friendly, simple user experience where you know there's not going to be any scams, that's, that makes a lot of sense if you think about where you should play as a marketplace. Um, and then you're kind of you're you're not saying we're trying to outcompete OpenSea on Pudgy Penguin uh, inventory and trading volume. You're just saying no, we're explicitly focusing on the newcomers that are coming in and trying to make that easier for them and safer. I think that makes sense, and I hadn't thought about it from that perspective. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like that angle. And then you should then you should really focus go deep into that customer segment, right, and understand someone who's never bought an NFT before, like user test the hell out of that marketplace and get feedback on how you make it easier to use and iron out like any issues they come across when they start using it. I'm not sure, you know, um, we're, we're there yet when it comes to, for example, the Pudgy Payments marketplace uh, in terms, because crypto user experience is notoriously difficult with having to create wallets and all that stuff. But I, I do like the idea if maybe there's like a direct, direct purchase through fiat or something like that could could make it a much, much easier to, to onboard into the nft space yeah, yeah i think i think that conversation becomes all the more relevant again going back to this reddit thing i mean if you if you try to go through that uh through that rabbit hole as someone who knows nothing about nfts or web3 aside from what you see getting memed about online for the past two years, you know, in, in uh, quote unquote normie world, there's no reference to Web3, decentralization, tokens, mm. nothing. But they're all based on Polygon, right? Yeah. So, so to your point, like the user experience and how can you make this as seamless as buying a Fortnite battle pass on your Xbox, right? Exactly. So I would say I really like the concept of making the marketplace the first entry point and where it's easy. When people literally just Google Pudgy Penguins, ideally the Pudgy Penguins website and marketplace would show up first on Google. I do think just looking at the marketplace right now, it still feels too similar to OpenSea. Like from a UX perspective, um, this isn't too different. And it's still, you could argue maybe relatively complex. I mean, there's filters and stuff like that, which is useful, but maybe you know, the user experience should be even even simpler. So I, it does feel like, you know, understandably, um, it is kind of similar to OpenSea, maybe 
slimming it down and just streamlining the user experience towards like buying your first Pudgy Penguin. Uh, Pudgy Penguin would be would be helpful in terms of a product development strategy. And I see a p- couple of people requesting to come up, and that's great. I think we'll we'll reserve some time towards the end of the space to bring people up. If you're okay with that, Alex, to uh, ask a few questions. Um, but yeah, being like one of the best data analyst, well, the best uh, trend analyst on the market right now. What has been like the biggest WTF moment for you as far as trends go? Was it the Kevin's? Was it the, like the Freemint craze a few months ago? What's been like one of the biggest like what the hell is going on moment for you? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I mean. Maybe it's a boring answer, but I have to say it was definitely surprising the whole arc of um, the Bored Apes ecosystem, like how small it was. It was it was kind of a, almost like a derivative or, or you know, um, a spinoff or, you know, inspired by hash masks, which was, you know, inspired by CryptoPunks. And it when the mint happened for Bored Apes, it really didn't feel like it would become this enormous project. Um, and so just seeing how they've been able to, of course, take the Bored Apes collection to, you know, an incredible market cap and then launching like these, um, uh, the mutants and all, and all that, making those valuable and then dropping the ape coin. And then somehow almost, and then of course the, um, uh, other side as well. I, I think like if you just kind of scroll back to when the mint first started, like that's just an insane, uh, an insane growth of that ecosystem. And to me, probably the most surprising one, if you just look at how small it was when they started. Um, and yeah, frankly, I mean, I think a lot of the NFT wave uh, owes a lot to the success of Board Apes and it became kind of this like, you know, you can be the next board ape uh, or type type narrative. Um, and yeah, I mean, I unfortunately don't own any uh, board ape NFTs anymore. I did mint 40 when when it happened. I, I sold like all of them way too early because I didn't delist them. So remember to delist your NFTs, kids. Um, hold on. Oh my God. Hold on. Alex, Alex. Let's, let's backtrack one second, please. Did I hear that right? Did you mint 40 board apes? Yes, I did. Yeah. Oh my Lord. Wait, any I rares? To... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any rares? What, what was, was the biggest hey. fumble, man? Oh, What's man. the one that keeps you up at night? Oh, like, I want to know. All of them. I mean, uh, so first of all, I discovered board apes on Nansen. Like, this is, I was literally on Nansen. I was seeing, like, uh, hot contracts, which is one of our features where you can see people engaging with new smart contracts. And I was like, okay, this is, I think it was called Bored Apes, the contract itself, I can't remember. But I looked into it and then, you know, okay, there's a lot of activity going on with this contract. Uh, found out that it belonged to Bored Apes, went that I minted 20. Uh, and then I saw, okay, uh, people are still, you know, aping this hard. So I minted another 20, like, why not? And uh, then people started like messaging me about it. Have you guys seen this new project and, and so on? And um, I had some really cool ones. The thing is, like, I minted, I minted on two different wallets, um, and I can't remember. So one of them is my public 
uh, address. So you can actually see in my history uh, on my <laughs> on my address that is uh, tagged as Alex Vanovic and Nansen, um, which ones I minted there. The other one was, uh, let's say, a non-public uh, address. And uh, I can't remember which apes I had in which wallet, so I'm not going to be too specific on how good they were, but there were definitely some of them that I, that I still think were extremely cool. And I, I, I don't, yeah, I listed, I sold them like the highest one. I literally sold it for like 11 ETH or something like that. It was, it's ridiculous in hindsight, but keep in mind we minted them at 0.08 ETH. So like selling it for 11 ETH, you're like, that's an incredible return jackpot yeah. yeah yeah and yeah you know you know what i love about you alex is you minted 40 bored apes but you've rocked a pudgy penguin for over a year that says a lot about uh <laughs> your bullishness on the penguins uh yeah, i also speak- minted 20 on a non-doxed wallet i just <laughs> oh. want everyone to know please send me 100 emojis in the audience thank you uh speaking of you being an active penguin like member for like you know ever since close to men uh, did you mint penguins i didn't mint no I, uh, I, okay, better. but you've been around for like pretty much as long as we have on these things. Uh, so what is like? It's been a hell of a ride. Mm. Uh, what were your thoughts through like everything that we've gone through, and then uh, when Luca took over, and just like what has been your thoughts on this whole situation? Yeah, I think one of the key uh, reasons that I'm so bullish on penguins. There are many reasons, but it's a very anti-fragile community because it's gone through so much stuff, right? And um, you could see firsthand how resilient the community was. And that makes you think that it has this kind of Lindy, Lindy uh, property where basically, you know, because we've survived for so long, you're also more likely to survive for, for a long time uh, into the future. And um, of course, the, the issues with the founding team and then, uh, having the wrapped penguins movement with Vincent van Doe, I think was super creative and really interesting. If you look at the, the history of Pudgy Penguins and then getting Luca in to take over the project and he's been amazing. Uh, he's really, I think, truly one of the, the biggest talents in the space when it comes to being a leader for a project in a, in a very nice balance of being um, receptive to feedback from the community listening, uh, hearing people out, but also having a strong vision and, and taking charge and moving things forward. Um, so I think, you know, I'm super bullish on him as an individual. Um, and, and then generally, I do think that the fundamentals of Pudgy Penguins in the aesthetics and, and the content, if you will, is really, is really important. Uh, that's, you know, basically the fact they're cute. But also the ways that Luca and the team have been thinking a lot about how to produce good content around the brand. Like the gifts are a perfect example to me. It's like, it's such a good example of how you can be really scrappy and strategic. And it doesn't have to cost like a hundred million dollars that you have to raise from VCs. You can just be scrappy and do smart things with the resources you have. And the, the gifts are amazing. Like they're just super cool and you see them everywhere. Um, and so I think there, those are some of the, I, I think of it as like the, the three, the three C's you need to have, like, you have the community, uh, you have the content and then you have the, the, the cuteness. So, so the three, the three C's of web three, um, they're all present for Pudgy Penguins. 
Too cute to fail, baby. <laughs> I tell you one thing that really sealed the deal for me too, Alex, is uh, in in person community events, mm. uh, and I know you just experienced one in um, Singapore. Singapore, yeah. yeah. Tell us about that. Like, was that your first like pudgy pudgy event? Yeah. So I've been to two pudgy events in Singapore. There was one uh, small event that was uh, organized at this place called I think it's called the Parlor. Uh, it's like a small NFT bar, which was really, really cool. Um, very low key. And then the next event we had wa- was um, during Token 2049, which was actually, it was super cool. Very, very unique vibe, I think. So we, we uh, showed up at, at the venue. We walked in. We all got like a badge, which was kind of a, think of it as like a template pudgy penguin. So it didn't have any traits. And then you could... There were like pens with or with different colors, and you could basically draw your own traits onto the penguin as your badge. So instead of having a name badge, you would have like your own penguin that you had drawn uh, by hand yourself on top of the penguin template. And you had a really cool like ice cre- ice cream stall. You had the uh, I think it was called Arctic Tonic drinks that were being served in the bar, and then you had a little cinema or kind of a, a stage where we went in and watched the, uh, um, this video, I can't remember the name of it, like the, the storytelling uh, video where you see this pudgy penguins like trekking out uh, on the South Pole somewhere. Um, so it had a very unique, wholesome vibe, which I think is also one of the characteristics of the pudgy penguin community, uh, both online and offline, that it's just, you know, really inclusive, positive, uh, friendly, uh, type of atmosphere and the people who are organizing it you know they're they're really amazing they, they did another event this this weekend here in singapore i couldn't go to it unfortunately um yeah shout out to dj and din down there i see you listening he's part of the community team yes uh, yeah, he's awesome. amazing job yes yeah so so yeah i mean i, I i'm i'm really bu- bullish on like the irl uh, aspect of nft collections and i think pudgy penguins has a has a really really solid start there, and we should keep doing more. Uh, what I what I think would be good is if we we have kind of like a plus one system to these events where you can like bring a friend because that's how you I think get more people involved. It shouldn't only be that's the right balance of making it exclusive. I think for the community, but you also want to make sure that you're bringing in other people who might be interested. So, and, and we might have done this. Uh, I'm not actually not sure. But it, we should have like a plus one, plus two kind of uh, system where if you hold a, a pudgy, you can bring a friend. Are you going to be in Miami? Unfortunately not. Miami is like an insane flight from Singapore. I, I think last time I went, it was like 30 hours. Uh, with Maxi with Infinity the- doesn't own a charter jet, man. <laughs> like, they can't like, it up. Yeah. You know, the, the Genesis jet. Yeah. That'll be good. That'll be good. Thirty hours, yeah, that's insane, bro. My back wouldn't be able to take it. Yeah, it's pretty rough. There are no direct flights, basically. You have to fly directly to New York. The best you can do is maybe like twenty, twenty-seven, twenty-eight hours if you have like no delay um, in New York. So, pretty rough. Uh, Hey, PP, you got co-host here, so I can't see if there's any. uh, Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, I will. Does anyone want to come up and ask Alex questions? Feel free to raise your hand. We'll bring you up. Uh, Luca, what's going over on over there for you guys? You still with us? 
Nah, he's he's just lending us the blue check, which I appreciate. <laughs> Those are expensive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nah. Um, well, while we're waiting for those hand raises, guys, and and really can ask anything. I mean, we drove into blockchain and NFT, but you know, I for one wanted to know Alex's blood type because you never know when you need a kidney donor. But while we're waiting for those questions, um, just want to plug bottom right hand corner purple chat bubble. Did you like, comment, and retweet? Oh, you didn't. I guess you don't like the free opportunity to win a little pudgy. Like, comment, retweet. Can I get a hundred emoji in the audience, please? Thank you. Can we get some hundreds up in here? Can we just get some hundreds up in here for all of this? Everybody put this together right now. I'm feeling like energy in the air right now. Can we just get some hundreds up? Uh, this is beautiful. Thank you all so much for joining. This, this means a lot. And now we and, have a lot of people up. Yes, I'm bringing up a bunch of speakers. If you raise your hand, if you have a question, we'll get to you one at a time. Uh, so just keep your mic muted. If you act out, if you act like a, a sappy seal, just kidding, love you, sappy seals. We will boot you from the speakers. Wait, wait, uh, PP, I forgot a shill. I forgot a shill. All right, what are we going to shill? Make sure you guys follow Alex, all right? Follow everybody up here. Yeah, no, oh, damn it, I messed it up. Yeah, follow <laughs> everybody on stage, not just Alex. All right, you got me, PP. Who do we got up first? Uh, uh, Bog was the first one to come in. And speaking of Bog, Bog's been doing spaces like almost every single night. Uh, I've talked to him a little bit about it, but every single night after we do a chilling with Pudgy Penguins, he's going to do an after party over on his page. So if you want more Penguin talk, go over to Bog's uh, space. <laughs> yeah, that was the shield alert. Uh, what's up, Bog? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Beaks out. out, PP. Beaks out. Beaks out. I have a unrelated question to anything pudgy. I saw Alex Blake shredding some jazz uh, a while back on the timeline. And I, I was wondering, as a fellow guitar player, how long have you been playing and who are some of your favorite guitars? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, technically, I've played guitar since I was six years old. So uh, that means almost 30 years, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, I went to, uh, in high school, I went to a performing arts uh, high school. So I studied guitar there. I ha even had a, a final exam uh, in guitar. Um, and I played, I think, everything from like Pat Metheny to Steve Vai. So it was a bit of a mix. Um, uh, I would say... And then I stopped playing for maybe 10 years after going to university and so on. Um, I always liked playing in bands and I lived abroad most of my adult life. So I didn't really have a band to play with, but I've started jamming a bit with uh, one of our investors here in Singapore, Dom, who uh, works at GIC, the one of Singapore's pension funds. And he's, he's really cool and he's a really good pianist. So I sometimes go and jam at his house on weekends. Um, some of my heroes probably be, uh, maybe Pat Metheny, Joe Pass, um, Little Sco, No Sco. Uh, not, not huge. Uh, you mean, you, was it John Schofield or? Yeah. 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 I haven't no -sco. so much. Yeah. No Sco. Um, yeah, I would say also. Damn, now I'm blanking on his name. What's the guy, the guy, was it Nelson Rogers? The guy who played on Daft Punk, who 
Um, oh, Nile Rodgers. Nile. Ni- sorry, Nile. Nile Rodgers. Of course, of course. Nile. I also I always mix up his name and Prince's real name, which I think is Nile uh, Nelson Rodgers. Anyway, uh, he's a really cool, like, funk guitarist. I also really like the when I was younger, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, so like John Frusciante and and so on. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. I would say my my taste in music is not that oriented around guitar music. And recently I bought an Ableton Push for those of you who are interested in music production. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, so I think, let's see, maybe I'll release some music at some point. Maybe as NFTs, you know. Hey, you want to make us, you want to make us a like intro song? Yeah, what an intro song. Oh, yeah, that, that'd be, that's a good challenge. That would actually be like sick. It can be acoustic only. Something for our like transitions <laughs> to segments. You know, and then subliminally, like on a on a lower audio level, you know, just do that, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. that's that's a that's a pretty good idea. But I think you know Jonathan Mann's uh, song about the power of pudgy penguins is genuinely like a really good song. That's uh, I'm sure you all have heard it. Yeah, it's incredible. All right, thanks, Bog. Uh, I think the next hand I saw go up is it is Jules. Jules, you're next. Uh, I see some more speakers up here. You guys don't have your hands up. I'm just going by hands. Uh, so, Jules, <laughs> Jules, go for it. I um, I hope I'm not skipping myself, but I see my friend Ned's up here, and I want to say ladies first, if that's okay. Thank you, Jules. Um, I just came up here to ask about the comment section there's no comment section on my um screen but i'd love to participate also yeah. um, I met have i been guys. shilling something that doesn't exist i'm sorry to cut you off yeah but absolutely. if, if it doesn't if the chat bubble does not exist why has nobody sent me a dm i was wondering i thought it was just because i was host all i have is like the blue uh thing. i will i will ne- yeah i thought it was because i was host i will never there's like people in here and they're like, what the hell is this guy smoking? And yes, <laughs> it is harvest season in the Northeast, guys. But I swear, I came to this sober and ready to perform. Uh, Pee-pee. We, what we it? messed up, man. I'm sorry. I, I know. Pee-pee, Pee-pee, I'm going to need a urgent 911 tweet from you. I, I need you to tweet and just okay, say, this is the entry form. Follow actually agents. Just tweet that and... Uh, and then we'll pin it to the top, and we'll make that the giveaway. So thank you, Neds. Sorry to cut you off and then go into a tangent. Somebody stop. I'm going to mute my mic. Neds, continue with your question. <laughs> no, you're good. Thanks for uh, clearing it up. Uh, also, I want to say I met a couple of you guys in NFT NYC. I think Pudgy Penguins is my favorite meetup. It was pretty lit. We're playing ping pong and eating everything, and it was fucking dope. So appreciate you guys. Thanks for answering my question. And yeah, thanks, Jules, for being polite. Hey, thank you, Neds. And before we get back to Jules here, uh, the entry form is pinned at the top of the space, guys. So let me just in through the nose, out through the mouth. (laughs) Guys, I'm going to need you. Well, you don't need to like and retweet because that's going to do nothing for engagement. So we screwed the pooch on that one. All you need to do is comment. On that pinned tweet, this is the entry form. Follow Actually Agents, follow PP McGee, follow Moose, follow Alex, follow all the speakers. All right. We're you know not going to fu- check that, but you should. 
and you know that's what the I'm, entry form. You know what I'm going to say is uh, Farouk started a space a few minutes ago, and we had more listeners without everyone retweeting the space, which is kind of cool. So, Alex, you drew a big crowd, man. I uh, appreciate you coming up here. Uh, I think, uh, let's see, uh, Jules, I'll go back to you since you were very nice and let ladies go first. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I just wanted to ask kind of, because uh, Pudgy Penguins is something I follow closely. Obviously, I have a dinner feels. You probably have heard of Charles. Um, he's one of Love our, Charles. Yeah, he's the GOAT. I love Charles as well. And so I would like to see um, dinner feels reach a Pudgy Penguins level. So my initial two-part question is, can you give me the three C's again? I had cuteness and content. And then also, what are some like tips that you think would help from a community member's perspective that could help project a project into where it should be, if I would say that. Yeah, the third C is the one you just mentioned there, community. So community, content, and cuteness. Um, actually, I'm not sure I'm the best one to to answer, um, you know, how, how to succeed as an NFT collection. I do think <clears throat> the, one, the one thing that's truly universal for all NFT collections is community. So, um, one thing is to think about getting a large community, which I think is how most people think about it. But sometimes the community doesn't, the, the core of the community doesn't have to be that big. Even if you have like 10 people who are really, really active. And again, this is something we saw with Axie Infinity as well in the beginning. I think some people think that Axie Infinity kind of came out of nowhere, but they were really grinding for a long time, for many years. And they had some really hardcore community members who were always present in their Discord and so on. And I think that's another thing that, it's the same with the, you know, think about uh, token projects like Synthetics. In 2018, the whole crypto space was basically dead, but you had a handful of community members in the Synthetics Discord who were super active and they were able to kind of make sure that the whole project move forward with some degree of enthusiasm and that brought in more people so i think um community is just it's almost a cliche at this point but i think it is fundamentally the the one common thing that's it's universal across not just nft collections but also any crypto and web3 projects um but the community doesn't have to be like hundreds of thousands of people it can be quite small as long as those people are true believers and they work super hard and they grind uh, and they're smart. Um, yeah, so that, that's what I would say. I think that's what I would focus on, making sure you have like a really solid, consistent, uh, hardcore um, community that, that shows up every day. Thank you so much. That's that's definitely actually one of my focuses, obviously. So that's perfect. Makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing. Thanks for popping awesome. up, Jules. Uh, I think the next hand I saw was Pick God. Uh, uh, get Rich, I saw your hand go up next, and then we'll go to Husker. What's up, Pick? Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, thanks for having me on the space. I think this is my first time ever talking in a pudgy space, so it's pretty dope. Um, just giving you a little bit of background myself. I was, I'm kind of like a BTC maxi, to be honest, uh, but I'm not dumb enough to realize, you know, ETH is going to go away. Um, was never really involved in NFTs during the bull run up until, you know, Kaleo had a free mint. I minted, just kind of watched from the sidelines. Kind of accumulated, um, kind of saw him bull posting about pudgies, thought I'd check it out. Uh, picked up a couple little pudgies, 
just kind of watching from the sidelines, you know, seeing you guys here every day is, you know, the one thing that makes me really bullish on you guys, because, you know, I know I've been in crypto for a good bit of time, a little bit before the 2017 bull run. Um, but, you know, like I understand that, you know, when a bear market happens like this, a lot of things just tend to die out. So it's really cool seeing some of these NFT projects like you guys in particular, like thriving. Uh, and my question for Alex really is like, you know, you guys are a lot of you guys have obviously been in the space for a long time. And NFT is a lot longer than I have been. Uh, I just kind of want to see I'm kind of wondering, you know, what are you thinking this this space is going to look like during the next bull run? I know that's kind of a hard question to answer. Um, but I, I'm sure you've seen a lot of evolution in it so far. So I'm just kind of thinking, you know, what do you think is this, it's going to be like going forward? Yeah. So first of all, I, I think what you said um, resonates a lot with me. Uh, and it's kind of the same thing I told Jules now, right? That you want to make sure that the community kind of shows up every day uh, and in a, in a bear market, that's that's what you have to do. And if you, it's not something that you have to do just because it's a bear market or just because you have to show someone it's like people who are genuine believers who think that this is a project that will last and and we're here to stay uh so so thanks for um making that comment i totally agree um for the next bull run i think mostly like on the one hand um i want to say it's impossible to predict uh if we look back to the last bull market it kind of ties back to what I was saying earlier that you had some a project like Synthetics, which actually had a very strong community. And then the, the catalyst for the bull run was actually DeFi Summer, which was pretty much a bunch of, um, uh, it was Synthetics itself, but it was also a bunch of like forks and, and derivatives of Synthetics. Of course, it was more than that, but um, there was actually a connection between one of the key projects that had strong community uh, and the levers throughout the bear market that basically sparked the next narrative. And so um, maybe there's a chance that something similar will happen here. I personally think that uh, the Web3 gaming space looks, it feels in some way a bit similar to DeFi because on the one hand, there was... Um, a lot of um, there was a lot of um, enthusiasm back in 2017, 18 on ICOs, and then there was a lot of dissolution uh, afterwards. But then you had a few projects that did really well afterwards, and I think maybe something similar will happen with Web3 gaming, where you know a lot of projects raised money, games are incredibly hard to build, and most of them will disappoint but some of them will probably explode, uh, like a handful of them. And so maybe the next bull run looks something like, you know, a handful of these Web3 games uh, taking off. But the thing is, it'll probably be harder for, it, it'll be harder to fork and replicate games than it is uh, with DeFi protocols, uh, which were frankly very easy to fork and just create kind of, kimchi swap and sashimi swap and, and all these different things. Um, so it's, it's, uh, we don't know that this will happen. Like it is hard to build games, but it seems like just from statistics, you should at the very least have one game that succeeds. And if you have one game, then that becomes the guiding star. Just like, um, 
just like Bored Apes in a way has been the, the guiding star when it comes to NFT collections. Um, so, so yeah, I think Web3 games are also a chance for people to do some scouting and researching and finding projects that are actually delivering. Of course, a lot of the projects will not deliver. Many will just run out of money. Others will not run out of money, but they will have created like crappy games that people don't really, uh, you know, uh, vibe with. So I, th- I would, if it's like one sector that I would be interested in exploring more, it's Web3 Gaming with, you know, the knowledge that a lot of it's just going to go to zero. And like, if you look at the sector as a whole, it obviously is not performing well now because there was so much speculation and enthusiasm around the projects when in fact it takes years to build really good games. Thanks, Alex. I, I appreciate that. And I got one more question, if you guys don't mind, and it doesn't have to necessarily be just for Alex. Uh, it can be for anyone up here. Um, it kind of relates to, to the gaming and the sense of utility. You know, like I was wondering, like, what do you, what are your guys' views on how important utility is in an NFT collection? Because when I think about, you know, NFT collections, the big thing for me is I think it's networking. You know, obviously you guys are all pudgies up here and you guys are all willing to support each other, you know, which I think is awesome and, and honestly the biggest thing that probably draws me to the nft space um but like when i think about nfts you know i'm not really expecting real life utility i know you guys you know have some in-person meetup events and and stuff like that and i know you guys are you know working on the toy collection along with the fishing game and all that stuff uh obviously that's not something every single project is doing um but i just want to know you know like do you guys view utility as a super important thing when looking at a project is it something you don't really care about and it's more about the community that, that's all i'm kind of wondering all right as a as an extreme smooth brain uh in in rega- in regards to like the video gaming nfts and like what utility can we see from video game nfts i really hate the play to earn model I don't think it's really going anywhere. I think that when you relegate the utility of the game down to earning real-world usable money, it's just going to lead to a min-max type gameplay that some people love. I do not. All right, um, I've played play-to-earn video games in a different way, like Fortnite. One of the best things about Fortnite Season 2 to 3 is you could play that and earn enough V-Bucks through the Battle Pass to buy the next battle pass, right? And I bought skins because I wanted to flex on on my friends. So it was like a completely free game that I spent $250 on and had illusions that I was going to go pro, but never even made it close. And uh, utilities for other NFTs, personally, um, it's just got to be doing something different. Like, I don't think there's ever going to be a... Uh, like a profile picture utility, like an online digital identity that's going to strike me so much that it's going to replace my penguin. Cause, yeah. cause me personally, I have like, I have my personal like brand outside of uh, the crypto space um, kind of invested in this penguin, not financially, but just from a branding perspective, you know, I've plastered this, this penguin all over actually agents for over a year now. So, um, you know, it's just got to be something something different. And it's yeah. like we have all these different products that dominate all these different spaces. Um, you know, they're end rant. Extreme smooth brain, by the way. <laughs> Not financial advice. No, I'm kind of 
I'm kind of with you, agents. I think uh, if the utility is there, is there great, but I wouldn't like place your entire project's thesis on the utility of the NFT. Um, if there's not anything else there but the utility, in my opinion, it's not worth getting because like you're missing out on those three C's Alex talked about. Uh, and you know, without the utility, we still have like these cute ass penguins. We still have the, like the best community in all of, uh, web three. And, uh, we'll see other C Alex help me out here. Content. Content. Yes, we have the content. Um, so I think I like to think of like PFPs as almost like a virtual country club. I don't know if you guys know what country club is, but it's like a, it's like a get together place for people to come together and like, I'm sorry, but if I'm like starting a business and I know that you're a penguin holder, I'm more likely to hire you uh, just because I know I'm pretty much know every single penguin that I've met has been like one of the most amazing people I've uh, come across. There's only been a few uh, bad apples, Burko. No, it's true. Like me, trust me, do business with me. My my grandfather, exactly. one of my mentors, drilled that into me. And the moment I see the penguin, I already like you. So it's easier to trust you. And if it's easy to like you and trust you, I'm more likely to do business with you. Hopefully that answers your question, Pick. Like, uh, like utility is great, but it's not something I would, like, set the whole bank on. Yeah, man, I, I, uh, I appreciate you guys giving me the answer. Um, thanks for having me up on the space, right? You can uh, pass it over to whoever's next. Yeah, I think I was uh, get rich. Sorry, Husker, love you, but I think he had his hand hand up first. Yeah, I was wondering what you guys thought of the new app store banning of the NFT functions. I thought it was a reverse banning. Like, Give me, I need a quick rundown. <clears throat> when it comes to non fungible tokens, and my app made it clear. You can sell related content using the App Store in-app purchase system. However, they can't direct customers to purchase mechanisms other than in-app purchases. Apps may be used, basically, according to Apple, apps are designed to exclusively let advertisers manage their campaigns. No longer need. Basically, you're not allowed to give in-game benefits with uh, NFTs and stuff. Maybe it's Apple clearing the competition field for when they launch their NFT Reddit Trojan horse integration dominate web two on Polygon. Yeah, something. <laughs> something. Yeah, I mean it does I don't really know too many apps that were really uh or I'm sorry, I don't know of any there's there's no relevant projects I know of that like were wholly subsisting on app store revenue. So getting shut down. I don't think it sends as big of ripples as uh, as people might think. I think yeah. in a bear market, we're just trying to grasp onto narratives. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you too. And you got to think back on uh, Apple's. I'm old enough to remember Apple's like first iPhone. Like they didn't have an app store, and they were like people were jailbreaking their phones to put new apps on it. And they were like, "You don't need apps. Like all you need is what comes on the phone. Trust us." And then they came out with the app store. So I think for them to like make this move, it's also you know, they acknowledge that these things exist and they're just like, you know, setting themselves up for the future by acknowledging they exist. So I think you got to look at it like that. Um, you know, just because Apple says this doesn't mean NFTs aren't going to exist. That's the beautiful thing about decentralization. Um, so yeah, we're still here. Alex, any thoughts? 
sorry, can you repeat the question? <laughs> I was uh, I was retweeting some uh, some spaces tweets. In. As as a as a business owner, entrepreneur, CEO, founder, what do you think of Apple uh, up, updating their terms and conditions to ban some of these NFTs? Um, NFT purchasing, I guess. I'm sorry, Get yeah. Rich. Look, I stole your question. Now I'm asking. Why don't you re-ask it, Get Rich? Okay. Uh, what, what Apple's doing specifically is apps may not use in-app purchases. Basically, you're not you're allowed to. You're only allowed to buy NFTs with in-app purchases, and they're not allowed to unlock features within the game. That's dumb. Uh, I think. Uh... I don't think that will last. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I mean, I think, yeah, I'm with you, Alex. I'm dead. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> uh, thank you, Get Rich. Uh, Husker, you've had your hand raised for so long. How are you taking notes with that hand raised up in the air? Patient What's up, Husker? Penguin. Dude, my hand's getting sore, but uh, thanks, guys, for uh, letting me up here. Alex, I just have two questions for you, man. Uh, number one, incredibly important question. What's your favorite uh, GIF that doesn't include your own penguin? And then number two, you don't actually have to answer this. I'll take an emoji, like a fist bump or something like that. Uh, but uh, is the superstar in the spaces with us right now? Oh, damn. I can't answer the second question. The first question on my favorite GIF is probably the... <clears throat> the one where the penguin is eating popcorns, like lying on the beach or whatever it's doing. That's uh, my most frequent gif, I think, that shows up. It's pretty good. But, I mean, they're all really, really good. I agree. Sweet. Thanks, man. I, I got a question. While Husker's up here, Alex, since Nansen Intern is no longer an intern, do you need a new Nansen Nansen Intern? Because if you do, Husker is freaking amazing he does these cliff notes for every single uh, ama that we do uh i'm just throwing your name out there husker love you brother i love it yeah we are going to take on more interns going forward so uh happy to explore all right i just saw cantor's hand go up we have two of the most entertaining people on stage right now alex cantor and hedgequin hedgequin i think your hand was up first hedgequin go ahead So glad to be up on stage with such distinguished innovators in the space. My question for Alex is twofold. From a CEO's perspective, how do you manage cash flow, growth expectations, and company size in a vertical, with massive volatility and demand and attention for your top deep analytical tools? Number two, what is your secret sauce to stay on edge and avoid burnout? Thanks for your support and love of the Pudgy community. Viking hats are going to make it. Beaks out. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Wow. Uh, yeah. I'm not it's sure hard to that. answer that. Yeah. Yeah. How do we manage cash flow? Uh, that's, I feel like that maybe wasn't a question. It was more like a performance. And it was a very good performance. He does that. He does yeah. that. We love Hedgwin. Worth the follow, Alex. If you don't follow Hedgwin, a uh, little story backstory on Hedgwin. He popped into a uh, Twitter Spaces when we were going on our recent run up. He was like, "Should I buy a penguin?" And we're like, "Yeah, sure." Like we had never seen him before, and he's like, "Okay, 
I have purchased one. And it was like this, <laughs> like tough for like nine ETH. And he's just been like a killer part of the community ever since. Okay. I'm now following. Hedgwin. Yeah. He's worth the follow Hedgwin. I'm going to shill your, I'm going to shill your account to 10 K quickly. Everyone follow Hedgwin. Uh, hey, and while we're shilling, <laughs> hold on. While we're shilling, before we go to Cantor, pinned at the top of the space, ladies and gentlemen, this is the entry form. You've heard me talk about the little pudgy that we're giving away. Uh, we kind of fudged the engagements or whatever. That's the entry form. All you got to do is comment. Comment on the pinned tweet to enter to win a little pudgy. And we're not even boosting the space or, or boosting the radio wave, boosting the frequency, whatever. We're just trying to give you a little pudgy. So go comment. Now, Cantor. Cantor, uh, yeah, Cantor came into a space with me and Moose one time and absolutely blew me away with his uh, impressions. Um, but yeah, what you got, Cantor? Thank you. I really appreciate that. Uh, it's funny that you and Moose were really impressed by that because I feel like that's just like some random fucking autistic quirk that I have. <laughs> it's not like you know like oh crypto hedge fund manager oh you know world touring musician nope he does a really good shaggy impression does a really good rick and morty impression really good mickey mouse like that's why i'm gonna follow this guy yeah <laughs> um, hey, hey Kendrick, i thought you'd come in with one of those impressions oh you mean like this oh i think i'm gonna go get myself a pudgy penguin for my girlfriend for oh what's the next holiday not not thanksgiving oh i'm gonna get her for Hanukkah because I'm Jewish. Huh? Whoa, whoa, hold up, bro. That's that's dangerous territory because this is going out on a podcast and I don't need the mouse on my back. So <laughs> yeah. give me Rodney yeah, Dangerfield very, or yeah, something. Like true. you couldn't have oh, picked no, a little more. Yeah, give me something a little more free use. All right. All right. Here's a, here's a, here it is, Cantor. Ask Alex your question, but in a uh, Yogi Bear. Give me a Yogi Bear version of your question. Okay, hold on. Because when you have to do that, it's like a, a lower bear tone. Hold on. <clears throat> this is to Alex, correct? Alex. Yes, Nasdaq. yes. By the way, I love using Nansen. Just FYI. Been been using it for a long time with, with my with my hedge funds. So we've been looking at Amazing. possibly... I, I, I joke about hiring Jay as the NFT fund manager. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We need to get a Series uh, 7 for that one. But, um, okay. <clears throat> Love to hear it. Hey, Boo Boo. I mean, Alex. How are you doing? My question is, I'm doing uh, great. Ooh, nice picnic basket over there. Mm. Uh, my question is, being a CEO of such a used protocol, do you ever have to worry about the regulations of utilizing marketplace and aggregated data? Oh, damn. Is this another performance or a question? Uh, this, this is a legit question. This is a legit question being asked. I didn't realize it was going to be that funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't, we're definitely not as exposed to regulatory concerns as like an exchange or anything that does, uh, that deals with people's money. Um, there are, of course, other forms of regulations that other, like that any company uh, has to think about things like GDPR, for example, around privacy of, of data um, that we have to be very uh, uh, careful with and, and focused on, making sure that we uh, custody, you know, user data and things like that in a in a safe manner. Uh, we also don't, um, you know, offer 
financial advice or we, we try to put the data and the facts out there and then people have to make up their own mind. So sometimes people get a bit frustrated with that because they actually just want us to say, hey, you know, buy this NFT collection or buy this token. But that, first of all, we, we can't do that. And we also don't want to do that because that's not, I think, our role. Um, so I, I'd say those are maybe the two, the two main things we have to think about as a company. Um, if we do anything transactional down the road, uh, that's, of course, then something we will have to look into as well. I do think that um, people have probably been following this like SPF um, proposals or unregulation, especially in the U.S., I do think that if you're an interface and you are uh, providing a way for people to just interact with smart contracts, I think that's very, very different than being like a centralized exchange that has custody of funds and so on. <clears throat> I don't see Nonsen going down the direction of having like custody of funds. I do potentially see Nonsen going in the direction of being an interface to Web3. Um, so I think the regulations we have to worry about are it's basically going to be less things to worry about if we go down that route um, than if you actually go full stack, like centralized exchange. So, yeah, good question. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the only reason I ask is just because I, I deal with a lot of policies and disclaimers and a lot of the regulation stuff just because of my job. Um, and, you know, I always found it fascinating in regards to the on-chain analytics on Nansen. I feel they're really, really powerful. Um, and I, I guess the only other follow-up question I was going to ask is, in regards to on-chain analytics, do you find yourselves talking with other team members about um, doing additional on-chain analytics and research on other smaller blockchains separate from uh, Ethereum or Solana? Like, for example, Aptos. Obviously, there's a lot of speculation around mm. aptos right now but um there has mm. been quite a lot of requests from clients of mine for on-chain analytics on that blockchain as well as others that may not necessarily be fully allowed in the united states such as binance mm. yeah so <clears throat> it's interesting because nonsense has kind of grown into like a suite of uh products at this point and so i think it's worth thinking about three different products here one is the Nonsen Pro that most people think of as Nonsen. Uh, another one is Nonsen Portfolio. And Portfolio actually has the broadest support of blockchains because it's technically easier to integrate with other blockchains for portfolio tracking than it is for like analytics. And so if you go to portfolio.nonsen.ai, we actually support Aptos already. I think we have supported it from literally like the day it launched. Um, but we don't support it with with um, with the analytics product or Nonsense Pro. There's a third product that we have, which is called Nonsense Query. This is a bit under the radar. It's not on our website, but this is more focused on uh, programmatic access to data. So if you're running like uh, a fund, if you're running a crypto business or even a, a crypto protocol or even a blockchain, you might want to, instead of building out all the infrastructure <clears throat> internally to ingest on-chain data, you might want to just get access to uh, kind of like an on-demand data warehouse where you can query lots of different blockchains. And <clears throat> we do have a bit more support for basically more blockchains and Nonsense Query as well. So you can think of it as Nonsense Portfolio has the broadest coverage of blockchains, including Aptos. It has almost, I think, 45 blockchains that we support. Nonsense Query, I think, has around maybe 15 blockchains that we support. 
and then Nonsense Pro has, I think, 10 or 11 blockchains. So, uh, and then in addition, we have Nonsense Alpha, where we have, uh, we have about, I think, almost 15 research analysts. And they look at blockchains that we don't even support at all, in addition, um, in, in different ways. Uh, they might use third-party data sources and so on. So we write guides to uh, introduce people to new blockchain ecosystems, like what are the top uh, DEXs, um, DeFi protocols, <clears throat> kind of yield farming strategies for those blockchains. So I, I'd say that we, we do have support and we for smaller blockchains, we do look at those, but we might not have access to all of them in the Nonsense Pro product itself. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank you, Cantor, for coming up here. I think we have two more people. Let's try to make them quick because we wanted to make this like an hour so people could listen to it on the car and not have to like tune back in to see what the hell we're talking about. And we're already at an hour and 37 minutes. So, Alex, thank you for sticking around answering questions. Uh, I got Nycrypt and Wizard Pingu. No hands raised. So I don't know what you guys are doing. First one to raise your hand gets to ask a question. All right. Rock. Are you guys just farming? Uh, You're rogging rog yourselves, guys. You're okay. rogging yourself. I respect the follow farming. You know. You yeah, gotta, I like that. I like that. I love a good follow farm. You know. Alex, uh, Wizard uh, Pengu. All right, there you go, you Wizard. What's up, man? Yo, I didn't even know I was up here. I'm in the shower, bro. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it's been I just got off a uh, 11 hour shift at work. I got two chefs left. Uh, one of my chefs cracked his skull open, so I'm like really hurting over here. So is he. But uh, shout out to Sauce. He just sent me six boxes of Mochico sweet rice flour. So we're going to get started on some of that. Um, my question for Alex is uh, that new chat room you guys got going on. It's really good. Um, you got a lot of engagement going on in there. Um, hey. hey, Alex, this is the first time anyone's ever asked you a question and they've been butt naked in the shower. <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to say yes but uh, is that another performance <laughs> I thought you were going to do like the, the, the bit lord have you guys seen the bit lord video when he's so bullish and oh my shower. god yeah it's like one of the one of those legendary clips on crypto twitter um, so yeah so nonsense connect is the is the chat product um it's still pretty early. The Pudgy Penguins community is actually the biggest community we have in there, I think. And I'm going to plug another um, call to action here, if you don't mind. You can go to connect.nonsen.ai and you can join the Pudgy Penguins community if you have uh, Pudgy Penguins NFT in, in your wallet. You basically connect with your wallet and your wallet is now your identity in Nonsen Connect. And so when you're chatting with people, what they see is basically one of the labels that you have on your nonsense, uh, on your wallet in nonsense. So if you have a specific ENS name, you can choose that to display it as your kind of username. If you have a specific label like smart money or uh, epic NFT collector, you can use that as your uh, username. And then you can basically join channels based on what you have in your wallet. So if you have a Pudgy Penguins NFT, you can join the Pudgy Penguins uh, channel. If you have 
uh, I don't know, Lido tokens, you can join the Lido uh, community. If you have YFI tokens, you can join the YFI community. And it creates this kind of naturally token-gated, um, these cha uh, token-gated chat groups. And so the thinking is that we wanted to build something that was more Web3 native than what Discord is. And you kind of have like a batteries included product for NFT and Web3 communities. So you obviously have token gating uh, added out of the box. You don't have to add any kind of Discord bots or things like that, which I think some people feel is a little bit sketchy. Um, at least I do when I connect with them in, in Discord. And you, you also get things like smart alerts from nonsense. So there's a Pudgy Penguin smart alerts channel, which uh, basically flags whenever there's a smart money address um, that uh, transacts in Pudgy Penguins. Um, and we're going to add more cool stuff. Like we're going to, we're going to add nonsense commands. You can imagine like slash price or something like that. And you could plug an NFT ID and it spits out like a machine learning powered price estimate for that NFT. So basically we're trying to build this kind of web three native batteries included, um, uh, communication platform, which allows people to log in as their wallet, you know, never have to give up like your email or anything like that. You can just connect with your wallet and then that's your identity and you can DM people as well. Uh, peer to peer it's encrypted. The, the channels where you speak, uh, multiple people are not encrypted, but the, the DMS are encrypted. So even if we wanted to, we wouldn't be able to see any of what you are talking about, uh, with other people in DMS. Um, and yeah, so, so that's the thinking around Nonsense Connect. And we want to kind of, uh, we also want to create strong synergies with the rest of the Nonsense product. So from like, you might ask like, why are we building this? And what's the connection with the Nonsense, the rest of the Nonsense products? But um, the thinking is that if we're able to build up a strong social network, that will ultimately also benefit Nonsense growth, where maybe one or 2% of the people who are using Connect end up becoming users of Nonsense Pro as well. Uh, and the smart alerts, of course, is kind of a way to showcase some of the Nonsense features. You can also look at um, sort of simplified views of the wallet profiler when you click on uh, other addresses that you're chatting with. Uh, and then it would be really cool if we can later on add uh, features like OTC trading. So imagine you're speaking to another wallet Maybe you see that they have some NFTs and you could, in a discreet, private way, negotiate like buying those NFTs and then drop like an order link, maybe powered by 0x or something like that in the chat. And you could actually close a transaction peer to peer uh, with people, with NFTs, tokens, whatnot. We don't have that uh, support yet, but it's something we're exploring for the, the roadmap of Nonsense Connect. So... Uh, yeah, it's still very early, though. I would highly encourage you to to try it out and give us feedback, you know, if there's something that you would like to see there. Um, and yeah, so hopefully we can we can grow this into one of the, if not the main communication platform that is used in the Web3 ecosystem. Love it. Alex, thank you so much for joining us on our first episode of Chilling with Pudgy Penguins. Can we get some hundreds in the audiences pumping it up? I'll Moose. accept fists and hearts too. All right. Fists and <laughs> hearts and hundreds. All right. Moose. Whatever you want. Close us out with the greatest I am my penguin and my penguin is me of all time. Wait, should we pick the winner live? Oh, yeah. Do it, man. I'm going to pump right, some music on. while you're doing that. Twitter picker. All right. Get. 
I'm I'm loading the tweet in in like T minus 30 seconds. So pinned at the top of this Twitter, guys. We're giving away a little pudgy. All you gotta do, retweet that, comment. We'll make it happen. Me and my folks all good at sunny, sunny. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Let's get some hundreds up. Who's gonna win it? Ladies and gentlemen, the tweet is loaded. It is now closed. 40 entries loaded. For a 0.16 ETH, little pudgy, a 1 out of 40 chance. You can't get these odds in the casino. Believe me, I know. All right. We are drawing. Raftbad.eth at S Farmhand has won the little pudgy Raftbad. You got to be in the space still. Are you still in? One more time. One more time. Raftbad.eth at S Farmhand. You have won the little pudgy. And it's special because it's the from the first episode. I want to thank Alex. I want to thank my co-host, P.P. McGee, for setting up all the audio. The guys from Mint Media, Wilson and Chuck, for dropping some good alpha. We will be back next week. Moose, I need some motivation to close us out. P.P., can we fade the music? Moose, close us out. We are all gathered here today in this space. Chilling with the Pudgy Penguins, episode one. Alex, ecstatic energy out of you. First off, you speak so well. I keep wanting to ask you more and more questions, but I didn't want to take up too much time. Thank you for such an awesome space that you were involved in. Thank you, Wilson. Thank you for the guys everywhere. Thank you for the women everywhere. Thank you, everybody, for listening, tuning in. And I have one thing to say. I've said it once. And I'll say it again. I am my penguin and my penguin is me. I feel it every single day when I wake up. I tweet. I am looking at my penguin because that is me. My wife sees my penguin. I am my penguin and my penguin is me. I am the happiest person in the entire world. I love you. Thank you everybody who came. And I hope you can all join the next Chilling with the pudgy pants. Next Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be back for episode two. Love y'all. Enjoy your week. I've been on game like EA. Sipping too soon at pregame. Sign up on two that three-way. I just went fast like we late. I just thank God like you said. How can I not? You know we straight. 